It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. NBA Rivalry Week continues with a nationally televised game between the Suns and Mavs. I'm not sure if anybody cares about Rivalry Week, but it does deliver in terms of giving us a Phoenix-Dallas matchup, which all of us, of course, look forward to, at least with the optimistic eye. An audio-exclusive Locked on Suns game preview show starts right now. You are Locked on Suns. Your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member. Covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at Suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen pregame. I'm going quick. I want to get this one up before the game. I'm a little late, but I'll give you three hours to listen to it. How's that sound? Let's start with the Suns on defense, all right? So these shows, bite-sized, 15, 20 minutes to get you what you need to do. We start on one side of the ball. We go to the other side of the ball today. We'll start with the Suns on defense. That is where I think this game is going to be decided. These are both teams that are not great defensively. I would say the Suns are a little better. Suns are a little bit better statistically in both offense and defense, but a lot of things have changed since the last matchup, and a lot of things have changed that make this a more difficult matchup. So let's start there. Dallas is 10th in offense with a 118.6 offensive rating. The Suns are 15th in defense right now with a 115.7 defensive rating. Now, one thing that jumps off the page immediately when you're talking about what the Suns do well and what the Mavs do not do well, which would be an advantage for the Suns in this matchup, is the free throw rate for their opponents. The Suns have gotten very disciplined about not fouling, and, of course, on the other end, they get to the line a ton, so they win the free throw battle every night. Outside of Luka, the Mavs do not really have anybody who gets to the free throw line. They are 17th in the NBA in free throw rate as an offense. So, you would expect a low free throw total for the Mavs tonight, if that holds. And that sort of brings us right to the matchup side of things, all right? So, one of the big differences that I mentioned that this game will have compared to that Christmas game is that Kyrie Irving is is healthy. The Mavs have been running a very a very tight rotation. Dante Exum is questionable. I should say Luka is also questionable. But with that tight rotation and with guys like Exum out and Jaden Hardy sort of outside looking in on the rotation and everything else, Dwight Powell not playing right now, what that means is that Kyrie and Luka are playing a ton. And the Suns don't have an obvious matchup, really, for either guy, I think you would have to say. But <clears throat> particularly for, for Luka, in the last game, 
the sons on Christmas, the sons guarded Luca with Grayson Allen. They basically tried to play that straight up as much as they could, and the returns on that were not great, right? Luca went for 50 and 15. Just, just absolute. I mean, that was one of the low points of the Sun season, right? For him to come in and do that on, on their home court on Christmas night in a big matchup, it's, uh, it, it was not pretty. When Luca is on the court this season and Kyrie is off the court, the Mavs have a 119.3 offensive rating. When both guys are on, they have a 121.5 offensive rating. When just Kyrie is on and no Luca, they have a 123.8 offensive rating, which is actually better. Uh, kind of strange. But those Kyrie lineups, look, they play fast. They tend to play a little smaller, and it's just sort of space out for Kyrie time, a lot of, a lot of those possessions. And he can find the big on a lob, he can find the shooters, and he can just sort of cook in, uh, in isolation. It's, it's a recipe that works. So the point is, you can't really take a breath across the whole game when those guys are playing heavy minutes, when they're playing as well as they are, and again, when the Suns don't have an obvious matchup for them. So, let me tell you what I think we might see tonight. I think we will see, or I think we'll see more switching period, right? In that previous game on Christmas, Beal did not play. Beal was not back yet, okay? So, Gordon was, and Nurkic also did not play in that game. So, worse rim protection, less, uh, I think you would have to say, confident player. The Suns played small with Metu at, uh, in the front court a lot of that game. So, I think you will see the Suns switch one through four. You might even see Beal start the game on Doncic, right? He started the game on Zion recently, and those are not identical players, but... We are seeing that Beal has the ability to guard bigger players, I think, pretty well. He's also a nice help defender. I think the thing really that you want to avoid with Beal is having, like, it, we talk so much in the offseason, is he the point of attack defender for this team? Is he the solution there? The answer has seemed to be, he's actually good at maybe, like, everything but that. So, he, do, he should not guard Kyrie, Right? if we're following that logic. But I think he could guard Luka. And of course, Luka, that's also a point of attack type of a matchup. But if the object of that matchup for, from Beal's standpoint in the game plan would be a lot of the time you are switching if Luka is... If anybody besides Lively is screening for Luka, you're switching. And... When it is lively, you are going over that. You're just trying to fight over the screen. Again, that's not something Beal always excels at, but Luca plays at a different pace. It's not <coughs> Shea Gilgis-Alexander or whoever you want to point to that is just trying to get immediately downhill. Luca plays a little bit more methodically. So you fight over that screen, you have Nurkic in drop, and then you probably help pretty aggressively, right? Because... Again, in the last game for Dallas, Derek Jones started. 
Josh Green started. You could see Dante Exum potentially starting. But those are shooters that you live with leaving open. If those guys beat you, they beat you. You can't leave Kyrie. But that's probably the game plan on, on Luka is, is, I think, maybe have Beal on him, try to fight over, switch if it's not lively, help aggressively. He's going to beat you anyway. But maybe you force him into some turnovers if he's having to give up the ball more often. Maybe you force him into some of those floaters. You make him work in the post. He was just reining in transition shots and pull-up jumpers in the last game, and you cannot have that. As for Kyrie, maybe you do go Grayson there. The Suns have not demonstrated that they're going to have Booker in these matchups, and so unless that changes, until that changes, I'm just going to assume he's not guarding a, a threat, so he'll probably guard Josh Green would be my guess. The reality, though, within that is, look, they might put KD on, on Luka in some of these possessions. Now what I would expect Luka to do is put his butt into KD, post him up, try to make KD foul him, try to, you know, rough house with, uh, with, with Durant a little bit and, and see what that does. Not unlike what he did to Chris Paul, although obviously KD has like a foot on Chris, but still that's, uh, that's what, that's what Luca will do. So this team's going to score, but keep the free throws low, force the role players to beat you as much as you possibly can. And defend in transition and you at least give yourself a shot let's talk about how the Suns can score to take advantage of that shot and win this game after one break the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every Monday Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming back, a few more things to get to as we go to the Suns on offense. They are now eighth in the NBA in offense with a 119.3 offensive rating. They have a top 10 offensive rebounding rate, a top three free throw rate, really top two. It's, it's between them and Philly, and it kind of just shuffles back and forth each day at this point. And so again, the place you have to start is if the Suns can get to the line, they will have a give themselves a cushion. The Dallas Mavericks are one are 20th in defense with a 117.7 defensive rating. The interesting thing, though, is that they've been fairly mistake-free in terms of fouls themselves. So, again, that is where the margins of this game will be decided. If not, obviously, the whole game's not likely to get decided with free throws. Otherwise, you're going to hear some coach rants post-game, if that's the case. But checking in on some of the Suns' other numbers, they remain a low-frequency rim and three team. That is... uh. That is their trademark. It has been since uh, forever, basically, since Monty Williams got here in 2019. But they are a high-frequency mid-range team. However, the thing that is flipped, as I have said time and again, is that they make shots. And at this point, they're making shots everywhere. They're 12th in the NBA in at-rim efficiency. They are 7th in the NBA in three-point efficiency and then obviously elite in terms of the mid-range making shots just as much as they take them so they're making shots everywhere and I told you 
I've I've been giving you some of the numbers behind the Suns' offense since Beal got back, and we talked about it a little bit on the regular podcast for Wednesday, discussing the numbers behind the win streak itself. When the big three and Grayson Allen have been out there, the Suns have scored like mad. When even just the big three has been out there, they have scored really, really well. The interesting wrinkle that I think you would have to talk about, though, from a defensive a matchup standpoint against the Dallas defense, to put it more clearly. The thing you would have to look at is Maxi Kleba. He is healthy. He did not play in the Christmas game. Okay? So you don't need me to remind you what that guy can do. He had Devin Booker as it was maybe when Chris Paul and, and Mikhail Bridges were the number two and three options on this team. Now it's Booker and Beal or Durant and Beal. But I don't know if the Suns have proven to us that they're necessarily ready to beat that yet. You know, especially when the ball's in Booker's hands. So I do think when Booker's running pick and rolls, you will see Kleba. And I would expect that we will probably see Josh Green guard him unless... Exum is back, in which case Exum would guard him. That guy has a point of attack defender, Kleba. When he's on the court as the center defender, you're probably going to see them blitz that and try to make Booker find the right guy. Even though it's dangerous, that's probably the risk that they're going to take. When the ball's in Durant's hands, or sorry, let's reverse, let's rewind. When Booker is running pick and roll and Lively is on the court, who obviously is the Mavs' starting center, You might see them try to kind of blitz him. I don't I'm having trouble remembering exactly what they did on the Christmas game in that setup. You will also see Derek Lively in drop defense. You'll see him in a hedge where he's sort of up to the level of the screen rather than dropping. You'll probably see all of it. When Duran has the ball, I think Jones will guard him first off. And when either one of Grant Williams or Maxi Kleba is kind of guarding the big man, I think you'll see them switch that. So I think the Suns are a team because they don't necessarily want to always be getting downhill because you kind of want to be a little bit more swarming and aggressive with them. The Suns are maybe a team where Lively plays less. The, the Boston Celtics are a perfect example, and that's who the Mavs just finished playing on Monday night. Lively played fewer minutes than Kleba. He only played 25 minutes. Kleba played 26. Grant Williams played 18. I would expect we might see something similar tonight. And when they do switch with Durant, when he has the ball and he asks for a screen, I think the Mavs could really do some damage there. They have the length. They've been a, a good, they've been a, a high turnover forcing defense for, I, I would say, most of this season. Although, it, you know, when you're checking in week to week, these things do tend to fluctuate. Dallas is 11th in forcing turnovers as a defense right now. And that's been a, J, a Jason Kidd trademark. When his defense is working, they force you into turnovers. And I think when Durant has the ball and when Booker has the ball, they maybe have the personnel to do that. So this game will challenge them, but... I think if they can find mismatches, those they're, 
If they can find mismatches and look for them, they will be there, right? So I think they can take advantage of Lively a little bit as a pick-and-roll defender. Just in the way that he plays, I think if you're challenging him at the rim and whatnot, he's a pretty good defender. But if you're taking advantage of when he's in drop or if he does get into a switch or if you're able to post him up with Nurkic, I think that's exploitable in certain ways. I think Kyrie Irving is obviously exploitable. But of course, we haven't mentioned Bradley Beal, who if you are imagining that, let's say Exum plays and he's in the starting lineup, and Jones, Derek Jones Jr. guards Kevin Durant, Dante Exum guards Booker, who is guarding Bradley Beal? The answer is probably Kyrie Irving. So if you're including him in a in a screening play, let's say you have Durant handle the ball and Beal screen, which is something we saw them go to in the Lakers game and a few other moments, the, the Pacers game. That, I think, could really work. Because, as I said, the, the instinct will be for Dallas to switch that. What happens then is either Durant is being guarded by Kyrie or you just have Beal in space and maybe they don't switch right away. Maybe they try to kind of swarm Durant for a second two there and then whatever, help on the backside to try to prevent the pass to Beal. But we know that's not going to work. There's just too much space in the Suns offense when all these guys are on the court and that'll happen. So, I think that gives an overview of how everybody can be impactful. I think that the Suns can take advantage of Dallas on the glass big time. So I don't know if this will be a high minutes Nurkic game. I could see this game closing small with Kleba at the five and Durant at the five. But when Nurkic is in the game, I think him posting up lively and him rebounding against lively could both be very, very strong additions and impacts, even if Nurkic maybe only plays 20 or 25 minutes or even if it's only 30 and he doesn't close. Those will be big 30 minutes, and I think he needs to kind of, again, protect the rim, but also make it, uh, take advantage of his matchups as a center. And look, this is a whole new ball game since the last Mavs game. So as much as you would point to Kyrie and, and everything on, on the, and Kleba on the Dallas side, you have to point to Beal and Nurkic on the Sun side. And even with Luka being a superhero and crushing the Suns' dreams, that game was competitive until the very end and closer than you would remember, right? It was a double-digit win for Dallas, but only 14, and that the Suns were up going into the fourth quarter. So even that one was close, again, with 50, 50 and 15. The Suns turned the ball over 15 times in that game. They made a couple fewer threes than Dallas. Dallas also got to the line uncharacteristically in that game, especially Lively got to the line nine times. I don't think that necessarily happens with Nurkic in there uh, tonight, although you know he can be foul prone too. But that's it. I will be done rambling. Hopefully get this one out to you guys so you can listen to it pregame. Be back tonight with a postgame recap show with Brandon Duenas after the buzzer. So check back in on the feed then and enjoy the game. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.